love, kindness, human connection. These are some of the things we talk about on the Danny Painter Show. It's a thing. This show is intended for a more mature audience. We might sometimes say bad words. On a Zoom with me for the Danny Painter Show, which is very weird um, because I think I've known you for as long as I've been in the TV film industry. Um, we were young. We were young. Jeff Dermoglubane, hello, welcome to the show. Um, Thank you so much. I'm excited to talk to you. I am honored, you know. I met Jafta working on a kids' TV show on SABC2 called World of Winners. And you could win daily prizes. And I was the presenter. And Jafta went from camera to, um, I think, directing at one point, to stage managing, to producing, to all of the things. And Mm. we did that for a really long time. I think think you are um, with Wright, it was five years. And then with you, I think three years. Yeah, yeah, it was a long time. Right, right came in when it was still uh, uh, like fillers, five minutes fillers. Yeah. And then when it became a daily lab show, uh, 30 minutes, then you came in with Rowena Chaudhry's as well. Yeah. And Leroy and Wright. And Leroy Wright. Yeah. Look, look at all of us now. Like, look at, look at where we've come. I was actually yeah, talking yeah. to, to Wright and Leroy about this the other day, how yeah. World of Winners was such a great platform for all of us. Um for everyone, even like you guys, the directors, producers, camera, like everyone went on to do things. I mean, prehended Big Brother. You did Big Brother. You've done um, Real Housewives. Yeah. You've done all of these massive shows. Um, but let's let's go back into history. Before World of Winners, um, what, where where were you? What were you doing? Where are you from? What did you study? I went your back back history. Yes, yes. So uh, high school, I was at high school uh, briefly. So I went to General Smarts um, uh, in Freyanakhe. And uh, I was always interested in, in the arts, you know? Um, so I did a lot of um, acting, you know, that amateur acting and in, in high school. And um, I wanted to go to acting school. And uh, so I applied for vets. Um, I went to vet school of the arts and, you know, Back then, obviously, I didn't know that, you know, to make it in the industry, you have to be exceptional if, if, if you want to be an actor, you know? Um, <laughs> but I didn't know because I, I really wanted to become an actor, you know? But I also had a passion for storytelling. I've always had a passion for storytelling. So whichever one came first, you know, I would, I would take. And I remember one day while going to class, uh, so at VETS, there's this notice, bo- notice boards, right? Um, where they always look for young talent obviously at acting schools and, you know, afters, the school of the arts. Yeah. And there was, remember that dark character? Yes. Uh, yes. 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 So World of, so World of Winners, sorry, so World of Winners um, and SABC2 um, were looking for someone to go into the mascot. We were going to do like a road show. Okay. And it was like, you know, okay. And it was like 500 bucks a day. I mean, oh, I'm wow. a student back then. 500 bucks is a lot of money. Dude. You know? So I went in there. Uh, that's when I met Daryl and Glenn. Um, and then they put me in front of a, of a camera. And they, they, they asked me to make moves. Like, do you know that character? Yes. Yeah. You know, do you think we can be in a suit, you know, for like three hours at a time or one hour at like 100 degrees Celsius and, you know, do the moves? We're like, yeah, man, that's, you know, like, whatever, man. That's simple. That's how I met them. And they said they would call me. Um, and uh, I mean, it never happened. But then that was my first uh, line of contact with them. You know, while I was still studying uh, at VETS, I was studying um, dramat- um, um, Bachelor of Arts in Dramatic Arts, which is basically um, television studies, acting studies, um, and production studies all in one, right? Okay. Um, I did that for the first year. The second year, uh, I was then offered, no, actually, I called to say, yo, um, if you guys ever offer internship, please holler, you know? And I think about three months later, they did just that, you know? And um, 
yeah, the rest, is, the rest is history. And then I just, I just, I started doing part time while I was still at school, mm. part time uh, on my on my second year. And you know, you know, you know, Daryl. He always said, you know, um, either you go to university, university, or come work with us full time, uh, university of life. You know. And I was like, you know what? I can always go back to school. It's not like, mm. you know, high school where if you drop out, it's a problem. I can always take like a gap year, work full time and go back. Yeah. And I never went back, you know? <laughs> I just went there and I stayed there. I mean, everything started happening, yeah. you know, at World of Winners. We were busy like daily. Remember, like we, we were living that show, like year in, year out, month in, month out. Every you day. You know, so, and I think those were the foundation steps, you know, yeah. of me learning the basics because I came in zero knowledge, you know? <laughs> I like, I, I learned all the basics of production, you know, there, you know, and yeah. It was, a, it was a really good platform, I think, um, just to just to revert back to Errol and Glenn, who Jafter was talking about, were the owners yeah. of Buffwetsu Productions who ran World of Winners, Captain Zaga. Um, they did a couple of movies, short films, I think, yeah. lots of voice work, um, and they were like the production house that World of Winners on SABC2, which was the biggest kids' show on SABC2, was based on. And... Um, it was a really good space for everyone because we were all young. We were all fairly new in the television industry and everyone was learning from each other. And one day Jafta would be behind the camera and one day Jafta would be directing the show. And one day we would be learning to edit. I remember sitting upstairs in the old house, learning to actually edit a show. Um, and also the animators that were there during Captain Zaga, which was South Africa's first animated uh, series, doing the voice for that. That taught me voice work, which I'd never done before. So all of these things were so pivotal to, to where we, we are now. So talk to me from World of Winners. Um, so I obviously left, went into radio, um, other TV. You then with Temba who yes. I had such a crush on. I just need to tell you, I had the biggest crush on him, like ever. Don't tell him though. Um, <laughs> oh, um, you guys started. Oh, you had a crush on Tamba. Okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> little bit. Um, okay. Little one. Um, you guys started Simamo. Tell me about that journey and to where you are today. Cause you guys have done some absolutely insane stuff. All right. So um, look, I think everyone, you know, at some point, they want to do their own thing, right? So um, after World of Winners, that's when we went into, you know, the real world. And what I mean by that is that at World of Winners, we're like in a cushion because as much as, you know, um, we were learning and everything, we had like a, a stable income, you know. Um, all those years we had, we were at Buffetio Productions, we knew that at the end of the month, there was a salary. And when World of Winners came to an end, you know, because that was the, the bread and butter, you know, that was running the company, you know. Um, and then we were told, listen, you, you now have to go fend for yourselves. For the first time, I became, I became a freelancer. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's when you're like, okay. You know, like from earning a salary every month to earning a salary every three months, every two months, you know. Like, what the hell is going on? But can I also I, just interject I to, here? Can I just interject? Yeah. So at this point, you were pregnant with or you just had your first child, I think. You just bought a house in like yes. Midrand or somewhere fancy. Yes. And you yes. had a Mercedes Benz. And like, because yes. we were all living, right? We were all living and then all, all of a sudden contract yes. gone. Mm-hmm. So all those responsibilities. Now I've got a baby, right? A newborn baby. I've got a house. I've got a nice car, and that stable income is no longer there. So I have to go and hustle. So I went to Big Brother, right, um, which was like by, by, by referral. So um, Glenn had previously done Big Brother. So he said, no, I've trained this boy. You know, he understands storytelling. And because Big Brother is such a big team, and I know there's levels to directors. There's the junior, mid, and senior. So he's going to come in at junior level, Right. Uh, for content directing. And then, you know, I got in there and, you know, I started learning, okay, you know, this is storytelling reality. That's when I started reality, the year 2007, right? Because we left, I think, Buffalo to 2006. 
right? So um, it was three three months, big brother, and then I'm like, okay, now I must look for another job, right? And okay, uh, now I must start, start sending my CV out. Something I don't know, I've never done, you know, because from varsity I went to Buffetti Productions. Now I must start marketing myself, you know, hustling. Okay, big brother's ending. I was fortunate again to find another job for CBC2. The production was called Tora Hanan. Also, Glenn referral because he knows people in the industry. Okay, cool. So far, so good. Another three months job. And then that came to an end and then there was nothing, right? For like a month or two. I was like, oh my goodness. And then I was fortunate to get a, a call from Evan Brew. They were starting a channel, One Gospel. And uh, I went there for about six months, you know. So that then, that was the, 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 the like the routine now, the, the cycle. You know, I would get jobs for like six months and then not work for a month, get a job for three or four months. So that taught me to save for a rainy day. But obviously I wasn't saving because I'm still young, you know. And it, it, you don't just get it. So on rainy days, I, 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 I used to go to my mom, ask her for you know, alone, you know, just like, yo, you know, help me here and there. Like, it took me a couple of years to, to get it right, you know, um, and, and, and to get back to, to the stream of things in terms of a stable income. And, 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 and for like five, six years, you know, I had that struggle because um, I still have to pay for the house, right? At some point, I had to sell my, my, at the house in Cresta to move to a smaller house in Midrand. That's when I went to Midrand because I just couldn't afford, you know? And the savings from that big house, then, you know, I could, you know, balance debt here and there, you know? And then I think at Endemol, because I, I, I did a couple of big brothers, they gave me an opportunity then to work with them because they liked how I work. And then I went back to the, you know, the, the, the permanent salary thing with them, you know? It started with a fixed-term contract and over time, they offered me a one-year contract. And I started, you know, recovering now and, you know, being stable. And uh, it was at Endemol and I was, t- I was like told by um, some of the peers in the industry, like, yo, you've been doing this Big Brother thing for so long and you've been doing other productions for so long and you are good at what you do, which is directing and storytelling. Maybe one day, just think of doing your own thing. And I was like, ah, come on, man, I'll never do that. Like, but I wanted to, you know. So I would talk to Temba about it, like, yo, man, maybe you and me, because, you know, we started this journey, like, together. One day, they just open a company and just see what happens. And, you know, we, talk, we talked about it. You know, we always talk. But we always find ourselves working together. And then I think in 2014, um, there was supposed to be three of us. And then the other partner, uh, because he had his own company, is like, no, you guys just go ahead. We registered the company. Uh, there was nothing happening. We were still freelancing, working. I was still at Endemol. And then Tema got a gig um, for us to go to Zambia, this corporate gig. Um, it didn't pay a lot, but it was like a substantial amount of money because we were there for 10 days. Yeah, the, for us, it was like, okay, wow. You know? And after that, we were getting referrals, doing like small corporate productions and, and all of that. And while I was still at Endemol, um, I started turn on this table and Papa Penny are here, you know. So what they do, you know, they would, they would, uh, channel would speak to them to say, looking for this kind of show. And then I would then be the brainchild to come up with a concept, develop it and execute it while they give me resources. And they were still telling me, dude, you, we, you can actually see with the person doing this whole thing. You can do the same thing under your company. And then one day you're like, you know what? Let me just write a concept down, submit it to Mnet, SABC, wherever. And then we got a call back and then I just followed up and did my thing. And, you know, it started small and, you know, now, now I, I, can, I, I can say, yo, uh, I know how to, to do that, you know, like creatively, you know, um, come up with a concept, develop it from inception um, to production phase, um, you know, execution and deliver, you know. All of that, obviously, you know, through the years and years of experience. Because now I'm like, what, 17 years now in the industry? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 17 years. Okay, Mm -hmm. so like, 
You go through all of this, you're training, you're with Endemol, you're doing Big Brother. Thank you. One day, I might just have to say thank you, Jafta. You changed my life. One day, I am obsessed with Big Brother, especially Big Brother Nigeria. I'm in love, like I can't breathe. on. But um, one day, I was very lucky to know Jafta, and they took me on a tour of the Big Brother house. I don't know if you remember this, but I lost my mind. I was like... Oh my God, it's so amazing. It's so much smaller. It's so much bigger. I never knew that. It's like the you know? greatest thing. So thank you for that. Um, and if you ever You're do that again, I really <laughs> would love to do Big Brother. I'm just, I'm just, that's my reality show. Like, you want to go in the house? I want to go in the house. Like, give me the booze, put me in no, the house. No, no privacy. You know what that means, right? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. I'll be great, Jackie. Say- you know me. I love a good party. I know you're great. But I also know you like, your privacy. So if you don't like, and you know what I mean by privacy, right? I'm like privacy, like not just so life, like everything. Cause we've got a season. Here's everything. So I'm 36 now, Jafta. If we haven't seen and heard it yet, then I mean, do you know what I'm saying? Right? <laughs> <laughs> so if you ever do big brother shotgun, I went in, but, um, so, so you and Temu, you start to mumble. Obviously, there's got to be some teething problems, right? You don't just start this great production company and everyone is knocking at the door and like you want it. How do you go? How do you like, you've always believed in yourself, but like, where does it come from that you go, I've got this pitch. I'm taking it to the biggest company in, in, in Africa and I'm selling it and I believe in it. Where does that come from? And how does that even how do you even get your foot there? You know? Yeah. Look, um, sure. I don't know how to actually explain that, but I think it comes from a place of believing in your ideas, you know, believing in yourself because everyone has an idea. Everyone has a concept, right? But how much are you willing to fight for your idea? Right? Because I can tell you right now, I get a lot of people wanting help to sell that idea. And I tell them, no one helped me. Believe it or not, like, I tried that as well, and I didn't go anywhere. And then one day I woke up, I'm like, okay, cool, I'm going to grow some balls and do it myself, because no one will do it for me. And it is that attitude, right? If you, like, I think it's just pure, like, uh, science or quantum physics or whatever, lack of a better term, if you focus on something, right, and you do it over and over and over and you craft it and you, it's gonna you happen. work on it, yeah. it's, it's going to happen. You know, you're going to get better and better and better and better at it. So yeah. that's what I did. I'm like, cool. Maybe my concept is not prepared in a satisfactory way. So I go on YouTube. You know, I, I, I Google how to put a pitch together. You know, I would then um, sit in pitches, um, you know, when other companies uh, pitch, because as a director, I'm exposed to that. I take notes. Oh, okay, that's what they do. Oh, you know? And then the first time, the first round of pitches, like, yo, I started pitching back with, with Daryl and Dan, remember? Mm. And back in those days, it was like this BE thing, and it wasn't really like real pitching. Then I went, and every time I pitched by myself independently, the, there was a lot of re- rejection. Like, I don't know, I think I got like rejected like a hundred times in different, like a lot of times. And you feel bad. You feel bad. Like, cool. And you go back and you rework, you rework until you get it right. You understand? So a lot of people, they, they don't want to travel that journey. They just want someone to come and help them. Mm. The, the problem is that person will help you, but they won't help you every time you pitch. So now your, your credibility as a producer or uh, um, um, whatever, you get exposed because now they know, okay, cool. It's not their work. Someone did it for them. So when that person is not there, can they deliver? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, that, that's how I, I, I managed to get here. I just, I was rejected a lot, a lot of times. I had to rework. I had to um, block negative feedback from people who thought I couldn't do it. You know, I just had to believe in myself. And that, that's the biggest thing because... There's a lot of doubt out there, you know, mm. especially for concepts, you know, like, uh, who are you? What do you know about? No, you know, we know whoever, whoever, you know. So all of that as well, like, and I, like I watch a lot of um, motivational, like, um, each uh, lecturers from like the Steven Spielberg or, you know, from like um, 
you know, Tyler Perry, you know, to listen to how they did it. And I always learn something, a new trick, you know, like, oh, okay, Spike Lee. Oh, okay, you also struggle. So I'm not the only one. Oh, okay. All right. You know, like, and then for me, it's like, yo, you know, and sometimes it, it's not even just about uh, other directors. It's about just artists, like a musician, you know. Um, I was watching Jeparo, um, his documentary the other day, you know, when he did a concert. He is such a wonderful, wacky human being, but the amount of work he's putting to get where he is today, you won't believe. Like, proper, proper, solid work. You know, not like, yeah, here we go, handing, handing over on a silver platter. Like, he worked over and over the years for you to, to see this character that he has created, that alter ego, Jeparo. It's something he thought about, he crafted with a lot of people behind him. And that's why when you see that persona, you fall in love with that persona because it, it, it fits the market and also overlaps into other markets. He's so cool. And he's Brakpa and he's Afrikaans, but he's South African and he's international. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, those are the kind of like things that inspire me as well as, a, as, a, as an artist as well. You know, like believe in yourself, do the work. Because if you don't do the work, you won't grow. And to stay where you are, um, you still need to do the work. But also don't be complacent, you know? Yeah. You need to grow. So you always have to expose yourself to more challenging opportunities because that's how growth comes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm so glad that you said that. I've actually had this exact conversation with my sister. She's recently become incredibly, incredibly famous. Um, and it seems uh, like yeah. overnight, right? And mm-hmm. we've all seen her do this for the longest time. Like mm-hmm. from when she was 15, 16, she was working and grinding and, and doing the work and putting in the hours and practicing the dancing and writing the songs and recording. And she had no's and no's and no's and no's. Now all of a sudden she's Lady Do and she is on everyone's album. And I posted about her the other day and I, I actually said, you know, you, you see the Samamo, you see that Jafta's done The Real Housewives or that Dudu's done Casper Your Vest or that Zandi's done something with AKA and you think, wow, I mean, that's great, but I'm jealous because, like, why them? What you don't see is the Jafta that I knew from 17 years ago um, hustling, learning yep. everything, working like 18 hour days, Jafta. I remember you working nonstop and like not seeing your wife, not seeing your baby, going to Cape Town um, for months at a time, you know? And I think it's so important that we remember that just like you said, Tyler Perry struggled as well. Everyone does. Everyone, everyone gets told no. It's how you come back from the no. Yes. So, my next question to you is what have those no's taught you about yourself? Yeah. You know what? Um, the no's, you know, what they've taught me about myself is that A, change your attitude. It sucks, you know? Because <laughs> uh, at first uh, I used to be angry and feel like, okay, cool. Um, you know, these people, they don't actually... Um, know what they're talking about because my idea is the shit, you know. Only to realize that, hang on, you know, these people, they are there where they are because we ever got them there, did their research. Those people are qualified. They know their target audience. They know their market. And that's why their channel is performing. And that's why that company is that big. Mm. You understand? So the feedback they give you is for you to take because they care about you and they say, go, go, fix and come back. Mm. So it took me time to realize that, you know, sometimes there's, there's a yes in a no, right? There's good in rejection, right? Because what's worse is for someone to tell you yes, and then you go and you execute and it, it's a disaster and everyone is watching. Yeah. That's your downfall. Because now no one will ever call you. You're gone. So I think I've just been lucky to get just the right number of no's, even though there's like a hundred of them. But all those no's have equipped me, you know, 
to be qualified enough so that when there's a yes, whatever I've done has always been a hit. Like I've never done a flop television show or whatever. And, you know, touch wood, I still hope so. Because even today, at this level that I am, I'm still getting rejections on some ideas because, and nowadays I appreciate the notes because I'm like, okay, cool. It means I must go back to the drawing board. There's something I'm missing, you know? And they, obviously they ne- they'll never tell you because you're not, you're not the only person pitching. There are other people. So they tell you, no, this and this is not happening. It doesn't fit. So you have to go and figure out, you know, because you must do your homework as well, you know? Mm-hmm. So it has taught me over the years to adjust my attitude to always um, find an opportunity, um, you know, to, to learn something that, you know, I might have missed. And I, I've been doing that a lot, you know, and also being, being patient, you know, um, because at first I used to be, I mean, I've always been patient, you know, you know, and Lately, what I do, like, I take time, you know, to, to think about things before I open my mouth. Before I just, I just used to, like, you know, um, be irrational and, 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 and say what, what I wanted to say at that moment. Now I take time to think about things, you know. And I think maybe that's because I'm 37 this year, you know. <laughs> I'm turning 37. I don't know. You know, it's the, 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 the older you get, you know, the wiser you get, you know. So those are the two things I think I've learned over the years from the know is that attitude, you know, adjust to attitude, always see um, the good and bad and the yes and the no, you know, and also patience, you know. Um, Rome was not built overnight. Yeah. You know? My company is not where I want it to be. And I've learned that, you know, sometimes it, take, it can take 10 years, it can take 20 years, it can take 50 years for me to get the company where I want it and I must do the work. You know, Morgan Freeman, his first break was at 50 years, Danny. 50. I am so glad you're telling big me break at 50. You understand what that means? Okay. At 50, Morgan Freeman got his first break. That's when all of us have given up. Mm. I mean, I'm 37. I, I would have given up one time ago by, by 50, you know. So be patient. Don't rush. You know? So I'm doing small productions. Obviously, I've got ideas for big productions. But baby steps, you know. And my mentors... You know, they tell me that, like, look, even though we know you've done big productions, like I've done Catch of the Choir, I've done Big Brothers, mm-hmm. I've done Survivor, they know I can do that. But can my company execute that? Yeah. Probably it can, but I need to be patient. Yeah. And now I understand that. Before I didn't get it, I'm like, ah, just people, you know, ah, you, it's who you know. No, it's not about, it's like, there's a time for everything, you know? Mm. Okay. Last question before we get into the real reason that I asked you on the show. Um, mm. How is Simamo changing the landscape of the South African TV industry? Because I think that there are stories that need to be told that haven't been told yet because we haven't had the right people producing and directing those stories. Yeah. And there are inherently South African stories that we need to hear, all of us, where no matter where you're from in, in this country, no matter what color you are, there, there are stories that we need to hear. Um, yeah. And I think there's a big responsibility on you guys as, as producers and, and creatives to tell these stories. So talk to me a little bit about that and how, how you intend to move the landscape going forward. Cool. I love that question. So I'm not going to take credits, right? Um, we are part of the movement at Samama, right? In, 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 playing a role in telling authentic stories uh, for South Africans. So I think we were previously conditioned to consume westernized content. Yeah. Right? And that has been changing uh, slowly over the past couple of years, if not a decade, thanks to local channels like SABC One, Zanzi Magic, Zanzi Way 2, CakeNet, you know, um, uh, 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 via, you know, like channel that speaks to the actual uh, demographic or, or, or group, you know. Um, I mean, there, there are other channels that speak to other uh, uh, demographics. But then, um, at Mamo, we recently uh, did a show about um, 
dead. It's called Wangolota, right? So, and not just like on like a uh, social level, but on like a on like a personal family level where you know like uh, 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 you, you could have a nice relationship with a best friend or your sister, your sister. Um, you know, like you know what? Uh, I need to do this thing uh, uh, with my career. You know, I just need thirty k to get this visa and whatever. And I want to get. I promise you. And then it it happens. You know, she gets paid and she stays in the UK for like whatever. But she never pays you back the thirty k. And now the sisterhood starts getting a bit like sour. You guys are not talking over time because yo, you earning euros outside, and I just want my three thousand euros, whatever. You know, just pay me. But she never does. And eventually she comes back to SA and, you know, she gets married, but she never pays. So now that bond of, 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 of siblings is, gone. Is, is now broken. And, but, but you're like, no, but that's not right. And you involve your mom and your brother and, you, and she, you know, like it becomes, and you're fed up. Yeah. You've been, Christmas you've been is a mess. The lawyers. Birthdays yeah, you, are a mess. Family gatherings. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You went to the lawyers, you went to small claims court, and now there's no relationship anymore. And we're the last resort. And then we're like, cool. Maybe if we expose her on TV, she, you know, she'll get into her senses. And then we bring you guys together. So what do we work on? We work on mending that relationship and also finding the truth why she can pay you. Maybe there's a reason. Mm. But also because she's still your sister, you know? And that's one thing I think that a lot of people don't realize that it, 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 it's, it's a common story across all the cultures across all the demographics, you know, like, because um, commercial debt, like owning a bank and owning whatever, that's like ugh, rubbish. It's those interpersonal, um, and sometimes it allows you 2,000, or like you took my car and you never returned it. <laughs> like you broke up with someone you were dating and they never returned your car. Like, I want my car, it's my property, bro. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So you're getting a lot of interesting stories and the focus is on the broken relationships, right? Okay. Another one we, we're doing, which is what we're going to talk about right now, is that one of you know cheating, infidelity, um, and but in, in in this in this instance, the couple, you know, uh, they don't discuss that the one partner wants an open relationship. They've never discussed that, and the one partner suspects that there is another person, but you've never spoken about that person. So you, you, either you're gonna choose because I know about that person and I, I spoke to you about that person, but you still with them. So it's not like a cheater's where I suspect my partner is cheating. It's like, I know there's, a, there's someone because your, your patterns have changed. You know, you come late sometimes and I've, I've, I've busted you on your phone and I've heard from certain people and I also contacted a person at, at, at some point and they agreed and I told them to back off. But they said yes, but clearly they're still in the picture. So we then say, okay, cool. This is always like, you know, an issue, but there's never an opportunity for all the three parties to ever sit down and talk about it. So this is that show. Yes. I think there's a reason, Jafta. I think there's a reason. I, know. I think this, I know. this shit is going to escalate into like a Dr. Phil moment. Like when I show right? okay, so Jafta, right? Jafta did a post on, on Instagram and Facebook. Simamo are looking for people. So if you suspect that your partner has a side piece, Jafta and Temba and Samama want to get all three of you in a room together yeah. and talk it out, right? In yeah. a very safe, non-judgmental, a civil uh, way, civil way. Yeah. How? How? How, Jafta? How? Because I know South Africans and I know South African women, and I know there what? is going to be blood, dude. Blood. I know. I know. So they're used to cheaters, right? Because what is, what 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 cheaters has done? It has it has um, taught us that it is right to solve things in a violent manner. Those people are never happy. If you watch cheaters, it always ends in tears. Yeah, because, you know, drama and, you know, like, let's be violent and all that shit. No. Sometimes, like, you know, like, that's why politicians, um, even though they are dodgy, but that's why they get cities built and that's why they get wars to end. Because they sit down and they talk. They talk about difficult concepts and difficult um, ideologies and difficult uh, subjects, but they talk, they sit. So, yeah, people come frustrated. They come, you know, like, like revved re- re- up to like, and they're like, our host 
you know, keeps on reminding them that, hey, we are creating a facilitation so that everyone says their peace. And at the end, you know, the person who's unhappy will ask the partner who is the common person, why are they doing this? And it's up to them after they speak and the side piece speaks, whether they give an ultimatum to like choose between me and her, or, I mean, it can be any type of relationship, homosexual, heterosexual, transgender, you know, we, we, we cater to all um, sexual orientation um, uh, relationships. And if, the, if they, maybe they want to continue and, you know, all of them do like this polygamist or polyamorous or open relationship, you know, but we're finding very interesting engagements in this, in this, in this form, in this type of show, because people always assume what the other person's intentions are until that person can say what their intentions were. You, you, you will never move forward with a complete um, idea or a complete heart. No conclusion whatsoever. So this show does that. And obviously, I don't want to disclose, we've shot three episodes so far, um, but it's like beautiful content. It's going like to blow the country away. Like people are going to be like, oh, so this is exactly what's going to happen if I actually come forward. So what, what happens is that a lot of people do respond, but then when you, when you tell them about the, the TV aspect, the cameras, you know, they get cold feet because they are used to cheaters. So they think that is how we're going to execute and portray them on TV. Like we're going to, you know, spice things so that they end up, you know, slapping each other and bouncers trying to, no. That is, like, we, we do an actual briefing and the workshop before the cameras arrive. We do a back-end consultation on the phone. We have a psychologist who, like, cool, this is what's going to happen, you know? We have security on site on the phone. We have a psychologist. We have all these, these resources because, yes, we want you to actually say your mind and speak your mind because you're not happy, right? Or talk the truth, if you are the person in the middle, right? Playing these two people. Or if you are the side, you also have a chance to voice, why are you in the picture when you know this person is in a complicated relationship, you know? So everyone is, is given the platform to speak. And at the end, you know, there's a way forward. Whether we're ending one side and you guys can carry on, or, you know, um, this whole thing is like, you know, what do I Whatever. bleep, 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 you know, but at least um, this, this approach of doing things is, is, is so re- uh, refreshing because it has not been done before. You know? yeah. um, in, uh, 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 what's that guy um, on American television where the couples always fight? Uh, Dr. Jeff, Phil. Dr. Not Dr. Phil. Phil. Uh, the other one. Steve. Uh, no, um, you know that show where they always fight? Jerry, Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer, Jerry Springer. yes. You know, that's like trash. That's like trash TV, then. It's trash TV. I, I mean, I suspect those, those people are paid to, to fight. Because how do you, every episode on cue, have people who are married, people who have babies with each other. And I mean, the guys, like, like they, go, they go in, man. And the security is always, like, at the right, just at the right time. You know, like, comes in. I mean, come on. No. Jeff, just tell me a little I mean, bit you know, about... So we, we want... Confidence. Sorry, Gar. No, no. I was, I was just running up that thought, but it's fine. <laughs> no, I want to know about... So you've shot some episodes already. So you've already had some feedback from the general public. What is the general vibe with, with the side piece? Like, are we, are we accepting of a side piece in 2021? Like, is it, is it like fun? Or is it, I'm going to kill you both? Like, what, what, what is the vibe now? Yeah. So, obviously, so the person who writes in is, um, we, we label them the complainant, right? And we, we, we also, another name for them is they are the main person, right? So, we have the main person um, because um, they are the main person in the relationship. And then there's the partner who is now the one playing both sides. And then there's the side, who's obviously the side, the spare wheel. Um, so they go in, um, it depends on the depth of the relationship, right? The ones that are fairly young, like two months, three months, 
um, they're like, yo, I just want this person to verify if they are still that person because last time I spoke to him about that person, that person was out the picture. And I want to know um, so that I can stay or go, right? That's always the feeling. But the ones that have years and years, they're not interested. They're like, I want to talk to them both. I want to know the details, how long they've been doing this. And then if it's too heartbreaking, I'm going anyway, you know? But I'll be happy because I don't want to go and I don't know what happened mm. while I was being played, you know? And some are interested, like, you know, in like an open relationship, like, you know, we're living in the 21st century now. So if, if he wants to, yeah, you can, but you must also give me the, the opportunity to also find my, my side. And you can all, all be a big family, you know, a, a whole foursome, you know, kind of thing, you know? Obviously, Jay, are you those seeing... Are like, those are like millennials. I mean, the, 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 the older generation, I don't, I don't uh-huh. think they're interested. <laughs> I can't see our age group going like, yeah, we'll be fine, all four of us. No, no, no. Our age group no. going, fuck off. But uh, yeah. Yeah. tell me something. Are you seeing more and more more online kind of relationships, like more an emotional than a physical relationship? Or is it still very much physical? Uh, elaborate further, what do you mean? So like a like lot of... A, a lot yeah. of articles that I'm reading about um, other like side pieces, right? They are not in real life side pieces. They're on the phone. They're through Instagram, DMs, whatever. Um, and you're sending each other dodgy videos, pictures. Um, and there's more of an emotional connection as opposed to like meeting at the hotel down the road for like a hookup, you know? Um, are you seeing any of that kind of like online side pieces as a, or are you seeing still the same like in real life? Real life. Okay. Most is real life uh, because also we, we, we have an obligation to do, uh, to qualify the story, right? So in order for you to qualify to come on face to face, which is the name of the show, uh, is that um, you have to have evidence that your partner has physically been in like contact or in a relationship with the other person. If you're still online dating, then it doesn't qualify because, you know, the other person can just say, yeah, but I was just like bored and, you know, and you, you shouldn't just suspect that there's someone. You should know for a fact that that person is in the picture. And why? Because you spoke to them over the phone at, at some point and they did admit Two years, I slept with him, I, I kissed him, it was one night stand or whatever, and we still meet on Thursdays at uh, Rose Bank, you know, that kind of vibe. So there has to be that. Or, yeah, I've got a child with him, um, and you just find out, and you're like, what? You know, yeah. So whereas on, on cheaters, you know, it's like, I suspect, because he's mm. like now very different, yeah. Or we are Jola 99, which is that Majora show. Okay, I'm I'm already in. Uh, I I when is it launching? When when are when are we looking at the first episodes out? So, uh, that's still confidential. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fine. You no, know because there's a whole marketing campaign that you know the the broadcaster, which I also can mention, wants to do. Um, yeah, around that. Okay, but you're still looking for people, right? We are looking for people indeed. And I mean, like I said, this show is, you know, to have that platform, to have a conversation with your partner and the side and then take it from there, you know? I still foresee some blood, but I mean, I'm in for it. So if someone watching wants to, to take part, where do they go? What do they do? So um, there is um, a, a number um, and a... An email address. The email address is in the comments. Must I? Okay, let me let me put it here. I'll put it in the comments. Um, Are you putting the comments? I'll put it in the comments. Oh yes, yes, yes. It's uh, admin at samamoproductions.co.za, and uh, the number. Um, I'll I'll look on it on my phone while we're still talking. I need to prepare that, (laughs) and I'll, I'll I'll tell you about the number shortly. Okay, so looking for any 
color, any sexual orientation, any number of years spent together, married, not married, whatever. Like you're looking for it all, right? Yes. It can be from any demographic, any race. Um, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you need to be an adult. You can't be having teenagers, yeah? <laughs> you know, um, any sexual orientation, um, as long as there's three people involved. Omo. Omo. <laughs> Wait, have you had more? Have you had like four or five? There was uh, someone who, who contacted us. Um, and when we spoke to the side, um, the side then said, um, I don't mind coming on a TV show, but uh, I'm assigned to this person, but I also have a girlfriend who doesn't know. So if I come on this show, my girlfriend is going to realize I'm... So there's four. <laughs> Guys, can we not be this messy in 2021? Like, seriously, I am here for this show. Okay, so I'm going to put all of the information at the bottom here. Um, it will also be on the Jack Around FM website. It'll be on the XOTV video. Um, it'll be absolutely everywhere. Go and, go and sign up. Go and see. I mean, maybe you can confront your side or your boyfriend's side or whomever's side. Um, what have you learned about relationships from this? Because, I mean, you've been married forever. You've been married for longer than I have. Um, but what has this, this yeah, yeah. adventure taught you? Uh, okay. I, before that, the number is, um, so if you don't um, email, you can WhatsApp to 066-526-9663. That's 066-526-9663. Right? Um, the question, what have I learned from? What have you learned from this adventure? Because you've been married for longer than I have. Um, and yes. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I haven't always been very good. But... Obviously, during this show, it's going to teach you a lot about your relationship and your strengths yeah. and your weaknesses. What have you learned about your relationship from this? Look, no one is perfect. Let me start there, right? <laughs> yeah. I, in the 18 years I've been married, uh, well, not married, I've been with uh, my wife for 18 years. Uh, this is the 19th year. And I think we've been married for like uh, 10 years now. But I was not perfect. You know, I... I made, a, I made a lot of mistakes, uh, you know, and I'm not going to get into the details, you know. Uh, we broke up once, um, you know, and you hurt each other, you know, and then you fix things, you know. But it's, it's when you break up with someone and, and then you realize, oh, shit, this person <laughs> is like, they matter, you know, because when I'm not with them, I feel like, I'm low on oxygen, or like my legs can't stand up straight, you know, and they complete you, you know, and uh, there must be a priority, you know. I mean, it took me a while to understand that friends come second or friends come last, you know. Your, your wife comes first, um, your family comes first, um, and then everyone else comes second, you know. Um, and sometimes you're like, yo, man, I just want to hang with the boys. I'll see you whenever. No. It must be the other way around. Like friends, I'll see you whenever. Can I just, you know, you need to come to a point with your spouse or your family where you're like, you know what? Maybe we need time apart. You know, do a girl's night. Or, and, yeah, cool. Not, yo, we need to spend some time together. Because then it's like, why are you not spending time together? You know? So, I mean... Only in the past couple of years, I realized the importance of that, you know, because I'm building a family, I'm building memories, I'm leaving a legacy, and it can end anytime. And that's what COVID has, has shown us, right? That people you love can go away just like that. So I value my family very much. I value my wife very much. And, you know, I try my best to stay in the right lane, you know, Yes, we still argue from time to time, like we are normal people, um, about small things, like small domestic things, like, yo, like, why didn't you wash the dishes? You know, like, can you, you know, like small things, like, I, I thought you were going to feed the pets. No, but they are your dogs. What do you mean they're my dogs? 
Yeah, these dogs are our dogs, you know, that kind of thing, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's that. It, the, the show, sometimes I look at these people like, yo, you, you guys are still starting. I mean, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, go get through this. If you're meant to be together, you will get through whatever this is. Um, yeah, and all the best, you know. Please tell your beautiful wife I say hello and I send my love. Um, I will. She's going to be happy because she knows you very well, you know? She's gonna be happy. And I do think at some point when we can, we need to go have many beers. Um, Yo, I can't wait. It's time. But Jafta, thank you for this. I, I'm wishing you all the best. Break all the legs. Um, break all the records. Win all the awards, the, the, the TV awards, the everything awards. And um, remember... Big brother for Danny before I'm 60. Okay. Danny, mark my words. You <laughs> asked for it. So when it arrives at your, at your doorstep, don't, don't chicken out. Right? <laughs> when your brother comes back, I'm going to exclusively invite you to come audition. Done. And don't back out. I want, I want Done. I'm in. Chapter, I'm in. What, what yeah. do I have to lose at this point? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay. I, have, I have no responsibilities. I have a dog that won't stop fucking barking throughout this whole Zoom. <laughs> like, I need the space. I need the space for my life. So take me. I'm yours. You know? <laughs> and also for me, Danny, thank you so much for this platform, uh, for this opportunity. Um, you know, um, I, I get so anxious when people want to interview me because I'm not the greatest speaker. You know, I do my things quietly. But because you know, your family, and, you know, you made it feel so, so casual and so comfortable. Um, yeah, and uh, thank you for allowing me to also speak about my show. Um, and I'm hoping for some response, you know, and I'll let you know when, 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 when that happens, because I'm sure it will. Let me know, because my Jack around FM weirdos will be in. We love the weirdos. Javda, love yeah. you lots. Thank you. Thank you, Jenny. All right. Remember, you can catch the full video on xotv.me and you can meet us in kind of real life. Thanks to DJ Chuck for the music. You can catch him at www.chucksprosound.co.za. New episodes on Jackpot and XOTV every Monday. Love you.